0: Welcome to the fourth episode of the Innovation Cloud Podcast. I am your host, Clint Cadio, and I am joined today by a wonderful co-host, Amy Shah. So I've already butchered your last name, but Amy, please introduce yourself and our wonderful guest as well.
1: Yeah. So hi, I'm Amy. And today we have a super cool guest on today, Filippo.
0: Filippo, hi, nice to you. do you mind? Nice to meet you, Filippo. And it's really interesting because this is our first podcast where we actually met our guests literally on the actual meeting. So it's going to be a really fun talk. And feel free to tell the audience who you are, what your background is, where you came from, and what do you do now?
2: Awesome. So hi, my name is Filippo. Um, I'm originally from Italy. I'm 16. I'm currently living in Costa Rica. And I pride myself in Having the drive to build tools that actually help humanity move forward in some sort of aspect. So whether that's a productivity tool, uh, a community safety tool, a drone delivery service, or anything it may be, that's sort of like my my goal. I want to build something that can actually influence somebody in a positive way, whether it's one person or 10,000. So uh, yeah, I've been building uh, apps for about three, four years now. Uh, My journey started uh, right before the pandemic, where I decided that I was going to try out the world of coding, right? So what did I do? I started looking at tutorials, and over time, I built up my knowledge. And my friend and I, we built a productivity tool called Zyndicate, where uh, very naively, we tried to copy all of Notion's functionality, uh, which took us forever to do. Uh, But we did it, uh, and we learned so much along the way. And then that has led us to the path where we are now. Um, so last year, we built a drone delivery service, uh, which is basically, you can think of it as Uber Eats, uh, but with drones. And we used that to compete in the World Robot Olympiad for the international tournament. Uh, and we actually ended up winning second place out of around 50,000 teams worldwide. So that was sort of what catapulted us into where we are right now, where uh, we're sort of building uh with the goal of actually trying to uh, impact people so yeah that's a little bit about myself
0: i love it love it no that's really wonderful and i guess so you come from a very tech savvy background would you consider yourself as an engineer
2: i do consider myself an engineer i've had uh, a few paid positions at companies in the us and australia Um, however more of an engineer i consider myself an entrepreneur uh, as corny as it sounds Um, because I believe engineering is nothing if there isn't a purpose behind it. So just the idea of being able to take something and do what you need to do and then actually influence people is just magical to me. So that's sort of what drives me.
0: No, I love it. That's really cool and amazing. And I feel like, Amy, is there anything that you would like to add or any questions you would love to ask? Because... I guess even for Filippo is very very well
2: experienced
0: and I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying your first name correctly. Um, is that,
2: is it is it Filippo or uh well in Italian How... it's Filippo uh but in English Filippo. you can say it Filippo, Filippo or however you like.
1: Filippo. I still think 100%. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs>
2: it, it's perfect. No
0: worries. 100%. No, I love it. That's pretty cool. So would you as an engineer like as an entrepreneur can you tell us more, a little bit, towards? You said you worked with companies, so can you talk a little bit more about those? How you landed positions there? Because when I was checking out your profile, you were actually actually working with some pretty dope companies that I was I recognize. And can you tell us a little bit more about your experience? How you got there? How you were recognized for your work? And how you even started?
2: Yeah. So basically, there's a funny story behind this. It was like June 2021. Um, and I woke up one day to a $600 Google Cloud platform bill. Um, and I did not have $600 because uh, of my foolish engineering mistake. I had it, an infinite loop that was basically calling the backend a bunch of times, and it ended up charging me a ton of money for it. So I was like, hmm, how can I make money? And then I started getting into Uh, the field of actually bettering my social profile. So I realized that, and this is something many young people tend to forget, especially developers, your social profile can get you a long way. For example, I started building on my LinkedIn, my Twitter, Instagram, all these different platforms, the GitHub, and opportunities just started rolling in, whether it was me applying, uh, or people just reaching out through DMs, uh, or they found me on Twitter, on LinkedIn, whatever. So that's sort of like the base. And then from that, it's just about finding the opportunities where you think you're gonna be most successful. So um, I wouldn't go into something like a crypto startup now uh, to work because it's not something I consider my area of expertise or my area where I can contribute the most. So I prefer to focus on uh, cross-platform apps that use especially React and TypeScript and just sort of building upon my strengths And so I kind of took it from there and decided, okay, I'm in school right now. I definitely need to graduate. I need to do well. So over the summers and winters, I'm going to uh, take on part-time job opportunities and also build my own startup so I can kind of have the best of both worlds, making money and also doing what I love. No,
0: I love it. I love it. And I think, Amy, you can resonate with that as well, right? Because... Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us, like, how... Your experience from CDL, because you're a part of CDL and you can probably segue into like a question you probably would love to ask about Filippo with this entrepreneurial spirit and how we got into that.
1: Yeah, so um, I also like did this apprentice program at an incubator at the University of Toronto called the Creative Destruction Lab. And so I did an apprentice program there and it was super cool because it was kind of like an in the incubator kind of view, and we got to kind of see like the investors talking to the entrepreneurs, and like all the different components that go into when they invest in startups, and how much money they invest, and how like they kind of talk to each other, and like go in on deals together and stuff like that. So I mean, another question I had was kind of oh, no, I think my Wi Fi dropped. Okay, well, another one of my questions were kind of what's, how did you develop your skills other than, like, just starting out your startup? Like, what kinds of, like, websites did you use and stuff like that?
2: Of course. So <laughs> I think many people get this wrong because they, especially with the software engineering aspect, they see all these courses on Udemy uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. all these websites, Skillshare, and they say, oh, okay, I'm just going to follow this. And while that's important to get a base, especially for like the syntactic aspect of stuff, building projects is the best way. Because there, there are so many things mm-hmm. that I learned from the many startups I've built and the one I'm building right now, which I'll share you later, um, that it's just impossible. If you don't come across it as an issue and you're like, damn, how do I allow people to, for example, edit a document at the same time two different users. Oh, WebSockets, I'm gonna watch a YouTube video where someone builds out uh, a chat app and I'm gonna copy that and then I'm gonna implement it into my app. And just doing all these sort of things, I genuinely believe that building is the best way of learning. So that's sort of my main advice, my main piece of advice. Once you have like a syntactic uh, knowledge of the language and this applies to anything, not just software engineering. Once you have like a base, you have to build, 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 and as corny mm-hmm. as it sounds, again, fail until you succeed.
0: I understand. I don't, I don't. I don't even think it's corny. I feel like it's like the fundamentals, right? If you don't make mistakes, if you don't fail, then I feel like you're doing something wrong.
2: Or I agree. you're not
0: pushing yourself. You're not pushing yourself too much outside that comfort zone, because for all of us, either tech or non-tech, but specifically if you're a builder like yourself, Filippo. It's like you need to make mistakes. You need to fail early on so that you can learn, you can pivot. And eventually that's how you get better. That's how you enhance the product you're building. And that's really cool. And I I guess like, I'm just going to reintegrate what you mentioned earlier with the, when, when you talk about like personal branding. So when you built up your portfolio, how, how would you how would you explain to individuals maybe other individuals your age or even younger because you're still very young you're still 16 years old and when you were starting off what advice or what challenges did you face and what would you do differently if you were to do everything again
2: absolutely so i think the best way to i'm gonna to stick to the engineering part uh, but this applies to everything the best way is to just get your projects out there so The best way for engineering is through GitHub. So you start creating open source projects on GitHub, and then you start fermenting those projects through things like Twitter and LinkedIn. And then you start to incorporate actually posting on these platforms. Uh, You build up your profile, it looks nice and clean. Then you have your portfolio website, which is another uh, sort of huge aspect uh, that drives a lot of the connections I have. Having a good website is very, very criminally underrated uh because it's sort of like your portal on the internet and with a quick Google search especially if you have good SEO people just google your name and you're right there they've got your website your LinkedIn your Twitter and that opens up so many opportunities for people and i think especially me at the beginning i was very shy so i was like oh, who's going to who's going to care about this uh dijkstra's algorithm app i built for example to locate the nearest point uh or the the closest route uh, the most straightforward route to a point for example no one's going to care about this and that project ended up getting uh around a thousand five hundred visits to the website in the first week and it was such a small project it wasn't even a startup just a project and that actually led me to my first job uh a few years ago so i think that's the most important aspect just getting yourself out there
0: 100 percent. that is true and i feel like Amy, you want to chime in and talk a bit about, I guess, when it comes to personal branding, because I know, Amy, you're also, you're you're a writer, so you write for the Toronto Star. And how big is personal branding for you? And you can probably segue into asking Filippo a little bit more about, I guess, how he got and landed his first job.
1: Yeah, so I definitely agree with the whole personal branding thing, because um, even when I kind of, like, started off I guess like as soon as elementary school finished I kind of had to start thinking about high school thinking about jobs thinking about what do I want to do with my life and stuff and so I found it also like really hard and I was like I don't know really where I'm going and what I'm doing with my life how do I kind of want to go about like I guess university and stuff like that so I mean I also kind of had to spend a lot of time especially during the pandemic i kind of did the same thing and i really spent a lot of time kind of like reflecting and thinking about okay what are my core values what do i really care about how can i kind of integrate that into some of the work i do and stuff like that so i think i definitely agree with that and i'm trying to think of a really good question because you really answered a lot of my questions super amazingly i mean Another kind of question I had as far as like more of the investment stuff like has that like have you kind of worked on that is that kind of where you're going with like some of your startups and like has an eight has your age been like a barrier
2: Absolutely I was actually hoping this question uh, was going to pop up cuz I used to have the misconception that being a teenager you can't raise money and people won't look at you seriously and well that mm-hmm. sort of is a factor sometimes if you find the right people, for example, I know uh, somebody in the United Kingdom who raised a $2.2 million pre-seed round uh, for a web app they were building. Uh, somebody in Australia did sim- something similar and just a bunch of different teenagers doing this. So I was like, huh. So in the pandemic, uh, I really tried to lock in, tried to raise money for my first startup, which again, was sort of like a Notion clone looking at it from now on. and While well, the product worked and we were able to run some ads and got around 10,000 monthly active users. The actual product itself didn't actually uh, have any scaling potential because of the monetary aspect. People are just not gonna pay for this new up and coming app that sort of integrates everything when they can just use Google Docs for free, for example. So that was one thing. And so we pivoted and my friend and I decided to focus on building uh, an autonomous drone delivery service. So, and this was the thing we used for the World Robot Olympiad. And we thought, hmm. We need to buy this very expensive drone and spend six months customizing it, uh, building all these systems, building the mobile app, building uh, the hardware to actually drop packages, all these different things. We just don't have the funds. So we decided to go around to local universities and uh, also funds in the United States. And we ended up raising a pretty sizable amount of money, which I can't disclose. Uh, But we were able to build a project and it paid off. And I think the key to that is literally... Just getting yourself out there, once again, as I've said before, because it took us around, I want to say, 60 or 70 meetings. And out of those, we had a success rate of around 5%, but the project was still a success. So it's just about persistence in terms of raising money uh, and actually scaling your company. Also, another thing that's criminally underrated is actually earning revenue from your apps uh, and from the things you do and from any business in general instead of having to look for money because venture capitalists and angel investors, the main thing they're looking for is traction. So if you have traction in terms of users or better yet, in terms of monetization, you're going to increase your chances exponentially of getting that investment.
0: 100%. And I think you brought up a really good point about when you started your, I guess, first startup or one of your very first few startups and you guys realized that even though you garnered some form of traction with the amount of monthly users you guys had, you then realized there was something out there that you could try to either monetize, et cetera, which is really amazing, which is really cool. And you're doing pretty cool things. And I guess I would say that from your past experiences, what big lessons, or I guess we're gonna segue. So what lessons have you learned that you took from being an engineer at XYZ company and applied it when you started your own startup?
2: Of course. So I think the most important thing people fail to realize is they look at all the glamor on social media. They look at Instagram and they see uh, these fancy supercars and people posing next to them. And they're like, oh wow, I want that. And they dream about it all the time, but they don't actually put in the work and actually uh, do it. because people don't realize, uh, especially people talk to me at school, for example, wow, that's amazing. Uh, you guys did this and that, but then they want to emulate that, but they not realize the hundreds, not thousands of hours that go into a single project or a single task, even if it's very complex, just the hours and hours of just focus you need to have. And this applies to anything, athletes, uh, businessmen, engineers, designers, Focus time is something that we've lost, especially with social media. We're used to dopamine uh, and the infinite scroll effect where every time you're getting something new and working for long periods of time, you just don't get that. Sometimes it's just about putting in your headphones and getting to work. So I think that's the most important thing. And uh, I've had periods of times where I've burnt out uh, and I've burnt out because I wasn't being conscious with my time and actually sitting down and saying, okay, I have this amount of time, let me do it. And the burnout wasn't because I was working too much. It was actually because I was working in this sort of scattered, uh, mind-numbingly disorganized way where I didn't have a system of actually sitting down and focusing. Uh, Because the main goal of productivity isn't to maximize the time that you're working, it's to actually maximize the time, at least for me, uh, that you can do the things that you love doing. So just sitting down and reading a book, for example, or going out with your friends, the way you do that is by sitting down and focusing and having an actual system to get there. So I think that would be the main lesson I've come to over the, over the last few years. 100%. I
0: love it. I love it. And you, brought, you bring up so many,
2: so many great points
0: and you're very, very insightful, but I guess another, another thing I saw is because I checked out your profile. I saw some of, I guess, some of your past companies that you worked at looking at it right now, you're, you've worked, with a couple companies, but one company I saw is Aviato, and yes. I guess because uh, one of I guess the founder himself was actually a pretty interesting guy. But I just I don't know. Could, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your experience from there, and then we can probably transition into how you were able to start your startup.
2: Of course. So um, Aviato is actually a company that uh, I've also been following for a while. Um, I'm very, very much in tune with, especially Eric Zhu, who's the founder. He's a fantastic guy, and he really dominates social media in the sense where he understands meme culture, he understands his target audience, and he sort of, I don't know, he just has this aura around him where people just follow him. So I was like, wow, okay, Uh, let's see. I want to focus on school. So I focused on school, uh, especially right now I'm doing the IB diploma. So it's very, very intensive. Um, and he actually reached out to me a few months ago. I was like, hey, do you want to come uh, work for Aviato? We need React engineers. And I was like, I would love to, um, but right now I'm too busy. Can we wait until the winter break? And we did that. And over winter, I ended up working part-time with them and I helped them out. And they're currently in the middle of raising yet another round of funding. And I'm pretty sure they're launching their 1.0 quite soon. Um, and just they're doing incredible things there. and Just to segue back to an actionable lesson that people can take is persistence. Because by telling them that we had to wait until winter, I was taking a big gamble because I was like, oof, Aviato, this is sort of like the company I want to work for Uh, for a while. I've been wanting to. I was like, damn, should I just take it now? Should I focus on what I need to do right now? So I focused on what I need to do right now. And then in the winter, I pushed and pushed and pushed until Eric was like, you know what, you're right. Uh, we do need you. And he brought me onto the team. So it's all about persistence uh, because opportunities come and go and you need to make sure you pounce on them as soon as they come up.
0: 100%, 100%. And I guess persistence is something that most people won't truly encapsulate in their lives. And you said, you mentioned uh, persistence, but also at the same time, I feel like you had, you knew what it's like have patience as a virtue and you were able to know what's right for you and know what priorities you have and from that experience you went on to start Zyndic. Uh, were you able to start syndicate right away afterwards or how what was the transition after or are you currently still with aviato or are you working your own start what was the transition from there
2: yeah so i'll just really briefly walk you through my timeline so Zyndicate was something was the productivity tool we did. Uh, that was a few years ago now. It was over 2020 and 2021, uh, most of 2021. Uh, and that was the app that had good traction uh, user-wise, but not really any monetary potential. So we ended up leaving that, and we focused on the World Robot Olympiad, which went really well for us. Uh, and that sort of catapulted everything in terms of media exposure and all these different things. So we did that, and then... Uh, Over the course of the first half of 2022, uh, we weren't really doing anything in terms of building because we really tried to focus on school. Um, I did have a job last summer uh, at an Australian company, an e-commerce company. And then uh, over the course of the latter part of the summer, I started out building my next idea because I was like, okay, I built out Zyndicate, had great traction, no monetary potential. We built out the drone delivery service went incredibly well in the competition worldwide. We raised money. What's the next step? Okay, back to apps. And so I decided to build out Diush. You can press it however you want. It's D-I-U-S-H. It's either Diush or Diush. And basically what it is is a funnel for selling anything to your friends and network. So, uh, you know, it allows you to finalize the sales for items that would have otherwise undergone this tedious, disorganized process via text or DM. So it takes advantage of these existing communication methods like WhatsApp, Twitter DMs, LinkedIn, whatever it may be, to establish this first contact via a link. And basically, we handle the rest. So it's not a marketplace. It's essentially a platform uh, that utilizes a link sharing system in order to facilitate uh, this finalization of a deal between you and someone in your network. Because it's just this back and forth that usually ends up going on. I've experienced it personally where someone's like, Oh, I want to buy your messy shirt for a hundred dollars. Okay, no, I want a hundred fifty. No, and it goes back and forth, and there isn't really a cohesive process to sell things to your friends and network. So that was the idea. I put it on pause after the summer to focus on school, but then once winter rolled around, I focused on both Aviato part-time and building Dush out and Luckily, I've already sent it for review on the App Store and it'll be out soon, in a few weeks, hopefully.
0: Wonderful. No, that's really awesome. Man Man is grinding. True, a true entrepreneur. And, Amy, I feel like you have some experience as well when it comes to such as entrepreneurship and startups. Do you have any questions at all or anything that you want to mention? Because I feel like you're very well experienced in this space as well
1: yeah so okay another one of my questions was i guess how do you kind of come up with the ideas for your apps and stuff you create how do you kind of work on that thinking outside the box and making sure that like oh is there too much competition could i is a room room for this in the space like what's kind of like the filter kind of system that you go through when? like
0: the problem right. that you try to solve because yeah. when it comes to building the solutions like you you got that amy mentioned is that how do you even come about these problems in the first place?
2: Yeah. So I think the most important thing to realize is the most impactful solutions are something you can build yourself. And what can you build yourself? Ideally, something that you've experienced in the past, so a problem that you have. So for me, it was not being able to sell things to my friends or buy things to my friends. With the productivity app we built out for Zindicate, it was not being able to have a platform that combined all the tools I needed into one. Uh, with the drone delivery app, it was the fact that restaurants, especially in Costa Rica, did not have the ability to easily use Uber Eats because they needed to handle the delivery fee, which Uber Eats uh, takes, the cut that they take, which are, is around 30%, all these different things. They needed to have an accessible road for the motorcyclists to come, etc. With the drone, that problem solved it. So. I think the most important part is just realizing what is an issue in my life that I actually care about? Can I build this myself and just doing it? Going out there and building, building, building until you actually hit.
0: No, I love it I love it. And
2: I guess the
0: next big question or the next big thing is that what issues or problems do you face when you were starting off and you were to go back and it's probably a lesson, some uh, like the biggest lesson that you you would love to share to anyone or or to your past self, in either entrepreneurship, startups, or engineering, or in life. What is that biggest lesson that keeps you pushing to keep striving to do better and just you know do what you love, etc.
2: Of course, so. Perhaps the most important thing is realizing that you can do it. So we had this misconception, my friend and I did, that we just couldn't build out an app the magnitude of something like Notion that we wanted to build out or just any app in general. We were like, okay, let's go out and outsource engineers, hire them and just manage the process. What people don't realize is, as I mentioned before, the most impactful ideas is something you can build yourself. I think I'm stealing that from Y Combinator. Somebody said that like Dropbox or something, but it's very, very true because if you're actually building it yourself, you're there in the engine room. You can make tweaks if necessary. You pivot, uh, you make sure the product follows your idea because uh, you want to make sure that that initial problem, that initial fuel that you had uh, that prompted you, oh, that's a good startup idea is actually something that you can make sure is getting done. And it's just not possible when other people are controlling uh, that destiny. So especially with early stage startups, I think that's the most important thing to realize. And it's the same with anything, right? You wouldn't outsource someone to write your own book for you. It's the same with apps. It's the same with businesses. I think uh, people, at least in the beginning stage, need to be in the engine room and realize exactly what it takes, number one, to build it. And number two, make sure that what they're building is actually what they want
0: hundred percent and you said it very well because if you were there and you are and one of the things as well as a founder is that building technical skills is one of the most crucial skills that you can have. Because non technical skills is something that you can pick up at some point, but technical skills are really, really valuable. And if you're a founder and you have both of both of both worlds, then that is some then you're like a really, really not just a really great entrepreneur, but as a founder, you get to see it, you get to see the whole process from a different lens, which is something that I myself figured out. And I was like, whoa, this is building something with your own hands is something pretty amazing. But maybe we can touch base on like, what is uh, on, I know you are a really great entrepreneur, love your startups love what you do how's everything when it comes to school etc how do you manage everything what's it like on a regular day for Filippo? what is what's like a regular day for you
2: yeah so uh my days at school right now now that we started back up is very geared towards the iv diploma uh those of you listening who have taken it or are taking it right now uh, will know how intensive it is um especially the classes i'm taking uh, you know, math HL, physics HL, computer science HL, etc. All these different classes require a lot of work, right? A lot of homework, a lot of dedication, and it's been really hard for me to realize. Okay, sometimes I need to put my startup on pause and just focus on getting my high school diploma and making sure I get into a top university, right? So that's been really hard to do, uh, but I feel like I've managed it. Um, the most important thing, again, just like with startups, is your system. So. I use Notion uh, for most of my project management. Um, I follow Thomas Franks' template. If you look him up on YouTube, it's fantastic. And his sort of project management workflow works around this idea of where you have your areas in life. So school, work, uh, personal life, gym. um, And you have these areas. And within these areas, there are projects. So a project can be the math higher level class, for example. A project can be a startup you're doing. And these projects themselves have tasks and they're all really easily organized on Notion. So every morning I just log on to Notion, see what I need to do, see what I need to get done. I've linked it also to my school's calendar for assignments. So that's synced up. And so it's just really easy to do once you eliminate that friction to actually getting the stuff done.
0: No, I love it. That's that's really awesome. That's really awesome. And I would say, I think Ami... I I think that's that's really cool. Do you have any questions, any last thoughts at all? I was actually just about to
1: ask how you balance everything with school because I even find myself like, okay, I need to take a break from whatever projects I'm doing to focus on school and sometimes I need to take a break from school. And I think... That's something that's also super important. I definitely agree with
0: that. I guess. Yeah, 100%. 100%, right? Like, how would you manage burnout or not even burning out in the first <sighs> place, right? And that sometimes, not even just young people, it's like something, any advice that you have for that balance, being able to find that balance. And you said yeah. you have cool productivity tools. Is there anything else that you would love to share to help anyone out there when it comes to like, not not allowing them to just lead to burnout or just finding that right balance for them in their lives.
2: Of course. So we've talked about, you know, technical stuff, building systems, but at the end of the day, we're all human, right? So we need uh, to exert ourselves in certain ways. So number one is physical activity at the gym, uh, playing basketball, doing whatever you need to do, just being active at least uh, every day or every other day. It has done wonders for me. And I know for a lot of people, And it's just common knowledge at this point, but you'd be surprised how many people don't actually follow through with it. And this stress builds up in your body and just is really hard to shake. And not to mention the fact that you're not doing yourself any favors uh, by not exercising your heart, uh, your body, your looks, you feel better when you exercise, you look better when you exercise. So there's just so many benefits. That would be number one. Uh, Number two is spending quality time with friends, especially your really close friends, your real friends, your inner circle. Keep it small, but keep it uh, sort of uh, inclusive in the sense where it's people that actually foment you and give you that feedback that you need. Because many friends are like, oh, fantastic, great job. Uh, or they influence you in negative ways uh, by telling you, oh, it's okay to vape. It's okay to drink excessively, especially at our age. Uh, so you need an inner circle that is going to push you. Uh, because at the end of the day you 're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, I truly believe that there was a time in my life where i didn 't spend time with people that I would consider to be role models in any sense of the imagination. Now I feel like I 've got that down pat, and these people are actually able to give you feedback uh, critically and, and keep you growing and motivated and since they do the same things as you and you're likely not the smartest in the room at certain times with given topics. It just keeps you pushing forward and forward. It's all about growth and realizing that spending quality time is one of the most important things you can do. And just going out on a Friday night, for example, staying out until midnight with your friends, talking, chilling, uh, going to a party, all these different things are important, not excessively, but important for your mental health, which is after all, what matters. Love it. I love that. I love
1: that.
0: I guess we can cap it off by asking you a really, really dope question. If you had one message, one message, tell the world, what message would that be? Or what lesson would you love to share?
2: Yeah. If I had one lesson to tell people um, that they should take away from me uh, or from anything in general they do is to create stuff uh, with a purpose. So, Many people just live through life uh, without a purpose. They wake up, they go to school, they go to work. Uh, They may not like what they're doing at school and work. So be it. You still must have a purpose. Uh, This driving factor that when when that alarm sounds, you're not hitting snooze, you're getting out of bed and you're ready to take on the day. If you don't wake up with that immediate urge to take on the day and absolutely destroy every challenge that comes in your way, You've already lost the second you step out of that bed. Um, So I think that's the most important thing to realize is walking and living your life with a purpose uh, just does wonders for you. As a kid, I went to school. I was sort of the typical kid, bored, uh, didn't do much. Uh, But now I feel like I've got it together. My studies are going great. Startups are going great. Social life is going great. And in the sense where I feel like I've got this North Star that's guiding me, as corny as it sounds, once again, uh, it's sort of everything comes together to that, right? You people must remember that they are a person after all, and people thrive with uh, that purpose. So, uh, just the main word is purpose.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. You couldn't say it any better. And how? What is what is a big action item that you would have for any anyone who listens to this uh, recording or this episode about? how to start off by, like, you can't just find your purpose right away. It's like, you have to start by doing. But what is something that you would like to share for others to do so that eventually they can find something they're passionate about that could potentially lead to their purpose?
2: I agree. So I think a big problem with especially our generation is we mindlessly consume instead of conscientiously consuming content. Uh, So something I'm really happy I did Uh, and I continue to do daily, uh, and I've heard a lot of successful people uh, do, is learning, constantly learning, whether it's through YouTube videos on, I don't know, the geopolitics of Belarus and Ukraine and Russia, for example, uh, or something along the lines of why uh, the communication system in the United States uh, for wireless internet is flawed in rural areas. Just all these different things, just like, Weird topics that you would never think of actually end up inspiring you in tremendous ways. So it's all about consuming content and consciously being aware of the fact that you can capture these ideas, having a system to capture those ideas and actually execute upon those ideas. You're going to, I guarantee, come across something that you're like, wow, I want to do that. Or I want to help solve that. Or hmm, I wonder how this relates to this. I wonder how I could implement a solution similar. What if I can do better? How can this be improved, et cetera? So I think that's a very, very good actionable item to take off.
0: I love it. I love
2: it. And I think we can probably cap it off
0: right on that great note. And Amy, do you have any last thoughts or any last questions that no, you would love to add? I
1: love, the, I love the North Star thing. That I think that sounds great. Something that really like motivates you to wake up and stuff. I love that. But yeah. 100%. Agree with
0: purpose. <laughs> thank you but, guys so yeah, much yeah, for it, having me. I appreciate 100%. it. Yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great episode once again. And thank you so much Finipo, for coming on and we are very grateful for you. Yes, thank you. Likewise, hundred percent, but we can end it off right there. The fourth episode of the innovation cloud podcast. And I'll see you next time, my friends.